Good morning, North America. Welcome to Church Talk TV, lively talk about life, church, and church life. I'm your co-host, Dr. Bill Tenney Britton, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host, Dr. Chris Tenney Britton, and we're broadcasting from our studio in Columbia, Missouri, the heartland of America. Say good morning, Chris. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Church Talk TV. Chris and Bill Tenney Britton here today to talk about all things church and lively conversations we're going to have, because today we're talking about... Church, church covenants. covenants. <laughs> yes, we yeah. are. And we say church covenants. We we are talking about covenants in the big big picture, like God's covenants and whatnot. But we're also really zeroing in on talking about leadership covenants and membership covenants. And really, this episode is less about how to do it yeah. and more about why you need it and uh, some of the details that you're going to face as you decide you want to do this and why you want to do this and the rationale. So et cetera, et cetera, we need to get started. So yeah, we do. <laughs> oh my gosh. And before you turn us off or say, Oh, we don't need that. Yes, you do. <laughs> we know a lot of churches that thought that, and particularly if you're going to be a growing church or a do something church, uh, or a uh, just becoming more effective church, or if your church is already is dealing with conflict, right? Oh, mercy! You yes. know, it's, and, and let's be honest: if you're not a growing church, there's probably conflict underneath the hood somewhere, mm, or you're afraid of it, right? I mean, I've heard or that. Afraid of getting it? So how many times? Yeah. yeah. So how many times they? You know, uh, you don't want to make any changes leaders, because they don't yeah. want to. They don't want to ruffle the feathers. Everything the is going well. Yep. Then why are we having this conversation? We like to say, or at least I do. So, uh, well, you just touched on it. I think with what does the Bible? You know, the Bible has something to say about confidence, Maybe even on the way from, back. Like Genesis one, I know. on the way through. <laughs> oh my well, gosh! Two, really. Well, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, the covenants are from the beginning to the end, all the way through. God makes covenants and. Israel makes covenants and Judah makes covenants and, and and I mean there's covenant after covenant and there's unilateral covenant there's bilateral covenants there's three party tripartite covenants and all but covenants are a part of scripture and the church has covenants with God if you look God has as covenants with the church and I mean it's throughout the New Testament as well Jesus is the new covenant and blah 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 the problem is that we've come to a place in the church where unfortunately, I don't know if it's because church people are largely biblically illiterate. I don't think that's really the case, but I think we are selectively illiterate. Yeah. We, we're selective in what we, you know, so. Well, so, we have our selective, I mean, canon, basically, no. right? I mean, each one of us has that favorite verse or verses, and we know that not always what's around it. But, you know, it really is a selective, very, uh, very edited out Bible. And that creates a lot of issues when it comes to right behavior. Because right. one of the things is, is that, is that the scriptures, New Testament especially, Jesus was big on telling us how to behave. How to behave nicely, well, no, I hate that word, but kindly. Kindly. Yeah, how to, how to behave kindly, how to be, behave lovingly, and even how to deal with conflict when we get into it. And, and very, being very clear about that. But the problem is, is that our members and our pastors, by and large, either ignore that stuff or don't take it as in any way authoritative. 
This is how you do things. In fact, even our denominations, I know two denominations that have big books that tell you how to behave, you know, how to organize your church and all that. The Methodists and the Presbyterians both have large books, you know, Book of Discipline, Book of Order. There may be others, but those are the two I'm very familiar with. And both of them have taken triangulation and made it as a part of their of the way they operate. It's codified triangulation. Yeah, we have we have these um, uh, pastor parish relation committees or whatever, and everyone calls them slightly different. But if if they're the complaint department, and if you have a complaint, you don't go to who you're angry with or frustrated with or upset with. You don't go to the pastor. You go to the complaint department. I mean the the. Eight, uh, FP, uh, SPRC department, and then they're going to do it for you. That that's not that that is not only just non-biblical; it's flat out wrong. It's sinful. Yeah. We're told specifically how to deal with that, and yet we've codified it that, as if that's okay. Well, there's power dynamics. Yeah, we're the church, and that we're supposed to, we're called to, we're in covenant to behave differently mm-hmm. than the rest of the world. That doesn't mean that we're not of the world or mm-hmm. stuck in the mm-hmm. world or a mm-hmm. part of the world. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not mm-hmm. supposed to be, but we are. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we have to walk around. But the reality is is that when it comes to behavior, behaviors in the church, especially when things aren't going well, we need covenants that, if you will, bullet point list outside of the Bible because we selectively ignore what's in the Bible. <laughs> no, you've got me all choked up. What can I say? Uh, so I want to. Um, I, I want to say, ding ding. I uh, we need to do an episode on how to work with the pastoral relations committee and how to really move that into three different kind of committees. And I've got a worksheet for that that will help you all out there, uh, so we can help with that. How to. Um, Get out of codified triangulation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which is codified exactly. evil. Pure and simple. Okay, well, we're going to keep going. All right, all right. All right. Yeah, so I'm going to keep going. So, so, so this so, is, I, go, go ahead. There's biblical foundation for yeah. what we're about ready to say. All we're doing is going to scriptures and essentially extracting yeah. in bullet point lists so it's simple and easy to see to say, we as a congregation, we agree on these covenants. We agree that this is what Scripture says and that this is how we're going to behave right. in, in, as a loving congregation, as right. a caring congregation, right. and when we disagree because right. that's what's really critical. You don't need covenants unless, you know, if everyone loves each other. It's when we stop loving each other and go head to head with our disagreements that I, we have a problem. I think we have to be careful there because people will say, oh, I, we love each other. We do this. Well, we don't treat each other lovingly. Yeah, that's, okay? that's like a baseball right. bat. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, I remember mom, your, your, uh, your set mom, uh-huh. mom, uh, once told me there were all these family trifles going on, you know, and, and she said, Chris, in the end, it's all about love. Because I asked her, how do you like juggle all this? And she said, it's about love and loving one another and being able to tolerate that. The problem is that how we all think expressing love can be very different and it's very damaging and detrimental. So I want to give you uh, an example one of, from one of my experiences. I've worked with the church. We put covenants into place. And, uh, and so they were there and there were a couple of families, um, uh, over time and, uh, one preceded me 
that caused a lot of destruction, ran off a minister, uh, a long-time minister, and uh, and we'd put the covenants in place. One of their children remained in the church and even said what a be their mom was and why they needed that in place. Anyways, it's there, it's in place, and they come back. And so they're back, and no one's sure of what their intentions are. So I made an appointment to go and meet with both of them. I so distinctly remember sitting in their kitchen, and I had a copy of the covenants with me. And I said, uh, during, you know, while you were gone, we have established covenants, and these are agreements that we have as a, a congregation, and that this is... Of how we'll behave with well, each other. Right, and I didn't say, quite say it behave, but this is how we treat one another, and we're very explicit about that. And I know that that has not always been the experience, and perhaps has not been the experience for you. So I just want to make sure that you know what uh, what you're walking into and that you're able to make these covenants before you decide to reestablish your membership with us. So she asked me, the wife asked me if I was asking her not to join the church. I said, I didn't say that. I just want you to know that before we can receive you into membership that you'll have to agree uh, you these need are the, to agree the expectations, to the covenants. These right. are the, this is what all of us hold, our, all members hold themselves to that standard. And she just kind of shook her head. They kept coming, but they never returned there uh, to their membership, right. which was yep. a good thing, right? Yep. So, which, which means they could never serve in leadership in that They could never serve. They could come. Yeah, couldn't serve in leadership. Yep. Didn't right. keep them from coming to the board meetings, but everybody was in agreement. We had lots of conversations right. in the board about how with our, our leadership. Okay, so so what kind of behavior? I want to speak to this yeah, as sure, well. Yeah. Okay, so my first solo pastorate after seminary was in this very, very dysfunctional. I've been in a number of dysfunctional churches. Sometimes I think that's, that's Because what, there's not a lot of dysfunctional yeah, churches I, out well, there. Well, I don't know. Sometimes far I, between. <laughs> I think that that's been the lot that God has given me. Or you may just think I'm dysfunctional or codependent out there. I'm really not. Uh, anyways, moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, maybe I used to be. Do not listen to this man <laughs> sitting to my right. Okay, anyways, uh, one of, uh, they were just, talk about mean and ugly and ugly and mean people. Not not the church as a whole, but there were some. You had some bullies. You had some bullies in the congregation. We had bullies. There, yes. We could name, I could name five, depending on how you count them, six bullies in that congregation. And so I don't know how I got this idea. But when we had lived in Georgia before where we li- had lived, I'd gone to this craft uh, store and I had bought these wooden apples and then these uh, that were like larger and then smaller ones. And I found them when we were unpacking and I had them. Who knew what I was going to do with them? Well, I took marker and I made red all around the edges of the of, of the apples, but all of them. Uh, except I added some brown around the smaller ones and put some little um, blemishes into them. And then I took the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit were written across the big apples. The big red ones. The big red ones. And then on the little ones were the fleshy fruit that precede those in Galatians 4. So we don't tend to talk about the fleshy stuff. I direct your attention to that towards the beginning of that chapter. Um, and, and then I had that on all these little pe- all these little nasty apples. And then I made a mobile out of them. Mobile, mobile. 
mo. Whatever, um, a hanging a hanger with hanging strings thing. on it. Yeah, so I'm not the most crafty person. So anyways, I had them up there. And they hung from the ceiling in my office. And that's where the nominating committee met. And we were in there. And I said, as we're nominating people, let's make sure that we choose people that have more fruit, the big fruit, than have the rotty, fleshy stuff. And that evening... Four people were not re-nominated, uh, were not nominated to return, and two that were on there, they went and spoke to them, our leadership went and spoke to them to explain to them why they weren't returning, and it was about their behavior. behavior. Yeah. So for us, we didn't have a written covenant, because goodness knows, we didn't know about written covenants back then. Um, Live and learn. But, but it was basically, it became our covenant yes, it in, in that way. Today, though, I would advocate for uh, being explicit and make a mobile app of it. Okay, whatever. Make a, but yeah, you have to have, right. yeah, absolutely. Right. But we, you need written covenants. Definitely. Okay, and, and you need two sets, and we really haven't, we're not going to go into that here. Um, there's a, 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 a publication that the Adventure Church has called uh, the Covenant Templates. Oh, yeah. And you can reach out to us, and we'll be happy to get them. In fact, I will put those in the, the URL in the description down below or wherever it is when you're, where you're watching this video. So you can download that, and it tells you a lot more about leadership covenants and membership covenants. Because there's two different sets of yes. covenants because That's leaders should be held to a higher standard than your members. Your, your leaders are expected to keep the membership covenants, but they're also expected to keep leadership covenants, which, again, are higher standards in how we mm -hmm. behave mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. leaders. Like we, if we take, accept the leadership position, mm -hmm. we are covenanting that we will show up for the, all the meetings, mm -hmm. um, so long as we can show up for all the meetings. There are times, you know, yeah, but it's not because the football game's on and I want to watch the game instead. Okay. All right. All right. So, I mean, but it's not just, I mean, as we're talking, it sounds like what people can't do, right? I mean, it's got that whole piece. But it does uh, actually say, hey, this is what we agree to That's do. Right. I agree to hold myself to this standard, right? right? Yeah. And uh, the standards it, include honoring each other. Right. You know, and, and love is such a generic word anymore. It does have, it's lost its meaning. No so, mercy you know, honor and respect and loyalty, these are the kind of words that you want sprinkled through your leadership covenant. Right. Right. And membership covenant, for that matter. Right. You know, and, and also, you know, I will, I will support. I will, you know, I will show I will up pray. and say, I will I'll, pray, yeah, right, I will right. Support. So there's, and again, you right. can look at the, the, the leadership um, or the covenant uh, handout there. You can get templates that you there can you get go. for all that. So right. that's the, that, that's the, the uh, kind of the details. Let's, I want to keep talking about some of the generalities. And, and that is, is that if you have covenants, what do you do with someone who's, who violates the covenant? What do you do with people who say, I'm not signing that or I'm not going to be a part mm -hmm. of that? Um, and, and so let me, let me say that there's two phases of developing the covenants and implementing the covenants. The first phase is, you know, you, you get the covenants, and of course we hope your leaders will adopt them carte blanche. Um, they guess we're, we're in, we love this, we're going you know, to behave this way, and then of course the membership covenants come later. And there's a number of ways of getting that in. Now, um, when it comes to leaders, in a number of cases, we have said to the existing leaders, you know, that these are the covenants that we've, we've agreed on. Mm -hmm. um, and if a congregation wants to, if the board wants to or feels the need, they can grandfather mm -hmm. their, the folks that are already elected in leadership. Mm -hmm. They grandfather them in so that it's like they don't have to sign the covenants, although I don't know why you wouldn't want to sign the covenants, but 
Oh, I do. We've had that happen. We watched it in a church where two people and they continued. I know, I, I but I still am like, oh my gosh, they wreaked complete havoc, caused so many problems. And I bet that church now makes people sign that covenant before they go to the leadership. Okay. So, so, so grandfather them in if you need to. I've been in churches where the covenants went forward and they said, why would we grandfather anyone in? These are, these are, these are, these are all biblical behaviors, all of them. So why would we? Well, I, I, that's a good question. Be but, wary of those yeah, people who won't. Sorry. Yeah, there are people who won't sign them. You got to go. Mm, okay, no, but any mean. event, there's that phase. The other phase is is that is from then on, anyone new coming into leadership or coming into membership. You know, during the membership, um, your membership meetings, your membership uh, classes. Yeah. You know, that's when the covenant should be displayed and said, you know, this is the, this is how we covenant to behave. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never had anyone ever over, I think I've been doing covenants for 20 years or more. I never, ever had someone who said, I'm not, I can't be a member here because I, I'm not going to sign those. In fact, most of the time I got the opposite. Right. Wow. You all take behavior and how we treat each other right. really seriously. I love this. Right. Okay. So, I don't know about y'all out there, but when I hear you say behavior, that is like, oh my gosh, I, I'm back to thinking about I'm not going to change right? it. It's, it's he about behavior. To, but I, when I talk about them and introduce them, it's how we treat one another. And so, I, yeah, that's fine. right. I mean, behavior, you start to go kid on or parent, you're like, I'm, I'm not saying you, right? But when people hear behavior, you often think parent down. So, anyways, I would say. <laughs> Still ignore that man to my yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. Or ignore the woman to my left because bottom line is, no, is we're they not going to ignore behaviors. each other. Some okay. people talk about behavior, but right. I just want to say if it's if it's pushing yeah, you, back, you, if you're you, not like it, if that's yeah, like yeah. we're not going to do that, please consider yeah. it's use how language we treat one another. Yeah, right? Use language and, that works. And all you have to do now. is go back and think about how people treat one another. Do they gossip? Do they? I mean, we just go on and on right, right, and on, right? Right. So again, keeping it positive. All right. So, all right. What about leadership? What are some of the covenants? Why do we have different leadership covenants, membership covenants? And and that's because members, of course, they they well, well leaders take on more responsibility. Yeah. They're they're agreeing to lead the congregation, and so they're the covenants for them should be more stringent. And when I say more stringent, it's more encompassing in in terms of again, you're agreeing that if you're in leadership, you'll show up for the meetings that you say. Um, you also agree that you're going to be a model for the the um, membership covenants as well as the leadership covenants. And, and you're going to, I think you're kind of in there, is you're going to uh, stick to the party line. That even when you disagree with decisions that have been made, any decision that's been made in a room and you've been part of that decision, you will support it when you right. leave that team room. Team player. We're going that's to be a right. team player. That's right. And and that's that's key in leadership. And, and you've been or are aware of times where a decision was made the majority won, and someone or some ones went out and had the parking lot meeting about how to undo everything. And that's not okay. Right. That's like a basketball team where you send in a play and everyone says yes, yes, except for the one guy or the one gal who refuses to do that, and the whole play falls apart. Right. You know that kind of person. The coach pulls them from the that's right. from the floor that's from right. playing, and if they if it continues, they throw them off the team. Right. Hmm. So. Yeah. Anyway, that so your leadership covenants are more stringent and again mm-hmm, deals mm-hmm, with those mm-hmm, things. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so go ahead. You're, no, I wasn't going to say anything. I'm uh, listening to what you're about to say. <laughs> All right. So the the big question always comes is, what do you do with someone who blatantly 
who's signed the agreements or is well, they have or haven't, sure. but they're they're a part of they're part of the church. The covenants have been accepted, right. and they refuse to behave. They refuse to treat each other. Comply. Comply. <laughs> Talk yeah, about right. a tough word. Yeah, right. really. They they refuse to live by the covenants. Yeah, what do you do with them? Yeah, they blatantly. Okay, and and I just want to share that there's there's a pattern in Scripture in the New Testament. In fact. The pattern we use is in red letters, yeah. if you have a red letter Bible. These are things that Jesus said. Go ahead. Okay, so yeah, I want to just interject and say, um, covenants, like, we are not perfect, right? None of us are perfect. So there are times when people, a person, people, a lot of people, violate one of the covenants, but not maliciously or blatantly. They yeah. don't do it on purpose. And one of the beauties of, of covenants is that... They allow us to hold one another accountable, right? I've, I've, um, you know, I've worked with people with churches where you get a phone call and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I did this, this, that," and it's like, "Okay, just be real about that." You know, go to your leadership team, make an apology, explain, you know, explain what happened, what you're doing to not, like you called make, me, and make it right, and, and yeah, let's let's turn that around. Right. Right? Okay, so so Jesus. Matthew eighteen fifteen to seventeen, which is the core of all the all the covenants. In fact, if your covenant oh, doesn't you. reference Matthew yeah. eighteen fifteen to seventeen, you don't really have covenants that are worth having. Right. And be nice to one another, be kind to one another, be loved to one yep. another. All that is like, eh. Yep. If you don't have a, a the Matthew eighteen oh, fifteen to yep. seventeen, yep. which is Jesus speaking, red letters saying, and this is what happens when someone violates the covenants. Go and ahead. that is the biggest pushback we get Always. across the board for <laughs> all our consultations, right. right? All our coachings, but in the consultations, it blows me away over and over and over again. Folks tell us, oh, no, we're not going to, uh-uh, there's no way. Or, oh, the, when we worked with this with our leaders, they really didn't like it. Because they don't like Jesus. They apparently. don't want it to be that way. I mean, it really... It's where the rubber hits the road. Right. And the other part of that is you have to have it in there. It's not, because, it's not an option. Right. Every single time we've watched churches or have, you know, consulted or consoled churches. Consoled, typically. Consoled, literally. Uh, a, a church because of conflict or whatever, uh, you know, coming up. It's been in churches that have not, they, well, I won't say in churches, but they have not put that into place. Right. Okay. So, okay. so it's not an option. So Matthew 18, 15, 17, I call it Jesus' plan of reconciliation. The whole goal of the covenants and of, of the, the church is to reconcile people to God and reconcile people to each other. Right. The goal is to bring people back into fellowship when they do something that... You know, that, that separates them from the fellowship. So Jesus says, and you, you, you know this probably, yeah, but you know, hey, listen, when you, you, the two of you have a problem, you know, it's, it says you know, someone has sinned against you, you got someone you're ticked off at or whatever, you go one-on-one -on -one and you say, hey, this is what happened, we need to make this right. And if they repent, it says, then you have restored your brother or sister, as the case may be, that you're back, that's the goal, is restore. You know, hey, you, you hurt my feelings, we need to have a conversation. Oh, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I'm so sorry. Great. Get, hug it out and go on. Now, there are times when you have to, you get to skip step one. Um, if we have leadership behavioral covenants going on or church behavior that is, that is attacking the church um, as opposed to one-on-one -on -one stuff. There's, there's times when you just kind of go beyond that to this point, the second point, which is if, if this behavior continues um, or if it's a, a grievous issue, 
then then you know you 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 go two or three to the offending party, if you will, and uh, because it says all things are uh, witnessed by two or three, you go two to three to the person and you say, hey, this apparently is continuing to happen. We need to stop. And if they repent, you restore them and away you go. So go ahead. I know you're dying to jump in there. I know. I am so dying to jump in there because a pastor should never, ever, ever go by him or herself. Never. And we may disagree on this We totally disagree with this. And and that's okay. Because it's in red letters. I I understand that. (laughs) I understand that. But what happens is a minister goes... And what that said, and you said, you know, if, if the time you don't do that is when it's against the church, right? right? When pastors, when church, when church people attack a pastor, when they they say, listen, and they, you know, they're just calling him out, that is against the church. Every single time I've watched that, that is not one on one with the minister, and and a minister has got to protect literally him or herself. And the person who's doing the attack has got to be reminded this isn't about the minister. It's about your behavior. And and so you take somebody, either the chair of your board or council. SPRC, right, whatever. Whatever it is. Well, I, it may be SPRC, but when the, the, S- chair, no, I, the chair of no, the SPRC. No, not the chair of the SPRC. Because when you take that person, that person in the codification represents the church and the pastor. You take, the, if you're disciples or you have elders, right, you take a chair of the elders or preferably the board chair who's able to say, when you're choosing, though, choose somebody who doesn't have a high compassion level and is going to say, oh, okay, you know, we understand. You've got to take somebody who takes seriously their position. And the covenants. And the co- yeah, and their position as representing the church. So I feel, obviously, really strongly and, about and, this. And I feel equally strongly about living by the biblical yeah. thing. But, hey, whatever. We're moving on to point two. Again, when there's a problem, in your case, if there's with a pastor, it's always two or three. Always go, two. You go with two. You don't overwhelm them. And the, and the other thing about the two is when you pick that person, it, I don't disagree with you in terms of picking um, a, a positioned person. Yeah. But really what's really important, I, in my opinion, is picking someone who maybe can speak truth into the other person's life. A that, person of influence. A person of influence in that person's life that may not yeah. be a positioned yeah. person. But anyway, so, if, and if, if, again, the whole point is reconciliation. If the behavior continues or the behavior is egregious, then it says, Jesus says, take it to the church. Now, that doesn't mean stand up in the pulpit and blast him from there. That's, that's a lawsuit looking to happen. That's why you have, uh, we, 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 we um, advocate the creation of what's called the CPR team. It's the Conflict Prevention Reconciliation Team. They're your very high spiritual leaders, two or, th- or sorry, three people typically, who the board or committee has said they have the authority to do what needs to get necessary when the covenants have worked out. Wouldn't and that be cool to put them in your covenants? Yeah, and okay, and um, and that and that, that you make an appointment with the person. The person comes to you and you say this is continued. You need to find someplace else to be. 
um, until you can work this out. You have a great story about our the church we're members of right now that um, has dealt with this. So, uh, um, yeah, you want to share just, that real quick, uh, yeah, briefly? Yeah, I mean, we're I can't. Time. Right, I know. I and I can't give you all the details or go into a whole lot of detail. But I will say this: that they had an open congregational meeting. They've been working with covenants, and they've been making and they've been making changes for you know they've been doing it nice pace. And uh, uh, a person. Uh, stood up at a congregational, like we're here, we're going to give you more information and, uh, and spoke. And then another person got up and, and just spoke so ugly and horrendously about that person, about what that person was thinking. It was beyond awful. They were off the wall. And, and so what happened though, was the chair of their board came in or council chair of the congregation and the minister were there. But then other staff came in and along with um, some of their this committee is at the chairs. Meeting, right? at, this... this is at like at the meeting. Right. And then they just came aside alongside her. I think it was a her and sat down and said, listen, we know you're really angry and that you didn't mean to to um, to do that. So we're going to sit here with you while uh, just while you calm down. We're going to you know, we're here to pray with you. And so they just sat there in prayer and calm things down until when they could have conversation with her in a way that said not acceptable. And we want you to step out and step aside until you feel like you're on board. Okay, a little more than a little more details that she's not aware of. When they did their their um, one-on-one conversation or the two-on-one conversation, they said, listen, we need you to step out, not only step down, but step out. And we've arranged and we'll pay for you to have anger management um, counseling. Oh, I didn't and, know that. Yeah, and that we, we will do everything we can to help to help you retransition in. But this is these are the expectations. There were they had three or five sessions with an anger um, management person they were gonna pay for. Um, and then then you know when they finished that, um, you know, we'd we'd love to have you re- return you back into the congregation, not into leadership, not for some time. Sure, no. um, it turns out this person went to one one anger management and they got angry and never came back. But the, the thing is, is the church built a bridge, right? And, and they gave them options and were teaching, right? And 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 that's the goal of the covenant is reconciliation, right? But sometimes, sometimes there is reconciliation, which is always the ideal, is not a reality. Sometimes conflict resolution is what has to happen, and that means a parting of the ways. The best example, and I'm gonna, we'll wrap this whole thing yeah, up really, with this. Yeah, really, we're out of time. It, the, is, it, is, is Esau and Jacob. Remember the oh, whole story? Yeah. They, had, they, they got into it, and Jacob stole the birthright, and et cetera, et cetera. They separated for years. Finally, Jacob decides he wants to come home. Um, Esau is willing to, you know, to embrace him. Uh, they do. They get, come together. They hug it out. They have a meal together. And the next morning... Jacob and Esau go off by themselves and essentially draw a line in the sand. And they say, listen, brother, you stay on your side and I'll stay on my side. There's no evidence they ever returned to have another family reunion or get together. But they abided by that covenantal line. Reconciliation for them was not possible. But the conflict resolution so that they they still loved each other. They just knew they couldn't be with each other. And so they went their separate ways. Folks. The goal isn't to remove people from your congregation. The goal right, is reconciliation. Right, but there are times when people just have to go if a congregation is going to move forward as a congregation into the future, into a helpful and healthy future. And so that's why leadership covenants are so important, is to protect the integrity and the sustainability of the church. 
And the people. I mean, we. The church is the people. I know that, but if you think about it, when you have illy behaving people, right? There's that word. There's that word, (laughs) right? But people who are acting ugly, mean, hateful, whatever, angry, you know, those outbursts that you may see, then this is helping them to, to along. You know, it's saying that isn't appropriate, not just for you, not just for the church, you know, but yeah, it is for you, but as, you know, as a member of the. Uh, the kingdom of, of God, right. right, and the body of right. Christ. But yeah. you're a child of of Jesus and and child of God, and and maybe you don't know that this is. And if you're having trouble doing it, we're here to help. Right. So there okay. we are. All right. Hey, that's a lot of information. Um, and again, the covenant templates there in the description yep. that walk you through the process of creating them. We highly recommend. In fact, we we tend not to work with churches that uh, that will or won't at least have a conversation about putting them right. into place. Exactly. Because when you're asking the <laughs> congregation to move forward in change, yep. if you don't have the covenants in place, yep. it'll all be for naught. If you have trouble, you think you have trouble getting covenants into place, <laughs> you yeah. got nothing when you get to mission and, and, uh, and, and your vision. vision. Yep, and exactly. Values, yeah. All right. Hey, we're out of time. We Good to see so you. We'll see you next week. Uh-huh. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>